Again, glad that you're here today. Today, really, we're just going to kind of start off and lead into our Thanksgiving celebration. Next week, we will not meet, of course. We will not be here. We will be celebrating Thanksgiving. So we wanted to use today as, as a practice run uh, to get in shape and to get stretched out for next Thursday. So again, uh, looking forward to that. Today in our, in our Bible study, we're going to step away from, from 2 Peter, but we're going to talk about uh, really what we're going to do the next week, what we're going to start today, what we're going to celebrate next week. And, and that is the truth that the Bible is very clear that as Christians, uh, we are too at, at our core to be a thankful people. That's what we're supposed to be as Christians. As Christians, we're to be marked as a thankful, thankful people, as a people that give thanksgiving. Uh, of those folks who follow Jesus Christ, those who put their faith in, in Jesus, thankfulness, the, the Bible is very clear, should be uh, an attribute of ours, but it should be a visible attribute of a follower of Jesus Christ. And I could have pulled out a hundred different verses. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, that we're to give thanks in all things, uh, sometimes not for all things, but in, in all things, we can give thanks. And the Bible says that is the will of God, for it's the, the will of God that we're thankful. Psalm 170 verse, 107 verse 1, one of my favorite verses says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His steadfast love endures forever. That's a command. We're to give thanks to God. He is good. His love endures forever. The book of Philippians, it's talking about prayer and an attitude of prayer. And it says that we should pray, we should let our requests be made known in thanksgiving. And so when we come to pray, we come with an attitude, we come with a heart of thanksgiving. And again, I could go on and on and on. There's a there's hundred different verses on the fact that God's people, New Testament followers of Jesus Christ, us in the church, we are to be thankful. So the question is, on this Thursday, heading into this week, are we? Are you? And, and, and that's the question. And think about that. Uh, you, you could sit here and say today, yeah, today I can be thankful. If we'll stop and flip a switch, I can be thankful. If we'll reflect for a moment, I can think about my wife and my kids and my church and, and the blessings that God has given me. And I can be a thankful person, but, but not can you be a thankful person. The question is, are you a thankful person? What about Monday? What about the people that you, you, you did things with Monday? Would they say, Monday, this is a thankful person? What about, what about last night? What about this morning when you, when you got up and you went to work or this morning when you came in here? It's not, can you be a thankful person? The question is, are you a thankful person? Not, are you compelled to be, and when you're put on the spot, you can start to think about the things you're thankful for, but as the course of your life and the core of your being, are you a thankful person? Because the Bible says as Christians, that is who we're supposed to be. And so the, the question is this, what is the difference in those who are thankful and those who can be thankful? And that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. What is the difference in those people that are thankful, and it's the core of who they are, and those who could be, can be thankful, and if put on the spot, they could tell you some things they're thankful for. I want to look at an account very quickly today. There's a lot there. We're not going to go into great depth, but I want to go to an account in Luke chapter 17, and I want to come back and wrap this thing up by, by looking at the difference in a person that is thankful and a person that can be thankful. Luke chapter 17, 
Again, every week I want to encourage you, bring your Bibles. If you, if you didn't bring one, bring one next time, and, and we're going to move through the verses. Luke chapter 17, beginning of verse 11. And I'm just going to move through a set of verses. It says this, And while he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. Now this is talking about Jesus. While Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. Understand the, the context, I think, adds some weight to the story here. This is talking about Jesus who is, who is leaving Galilee and who's making his way towards Jerusalem. Understand this. This would be his last trip to Jerusalem. Understand this. With the end of this trip, this trip is going to end with him being beaten and him being nailed to the cross and crucified on the hill of Calvary. That is the last trip that he's making. And so he's making his way, leaving Galilee, making his way to Jerusalem. And the Bible says, making his way, he passes between Samaria and Galilee. That's the trip that he's making. Verse 12. As he entered a village, 10 leprous men, men with leprosy, 10 leprous men who stood at a distance met him. Jesus is making his way. He enters into a village on this journey. And as he does, 10 leprous men who stood at a distance met him. Now, understand the, the, the disease of leprosy. It was, a, it was a terrible rotting disease. It was a terrible disfiguring disease. The, these men with leprosy, they were considered physically unclean. They thought, well, they're, they're contagious. We're not, we're not sure how this spreads. And so we do not want them in our midst. So they're physically unclean, but they're also considered in this time spiritually unclean. And they would think, well, somebody had a sin problem. Maybe it was their sin. Maybe it was the, the sin of their family or their parents. And, and because of this sin problem, they have this disease and they're, they're cursed by God. And so they are considered spiritually unclean. They were, according to the Jewish law, considered ceremonially unclean, which means they couldn't go to worship. They, they couldn't go to the synagogue. They couldn't go to the temple. And so they are ceremonially unclean. And, and, and all because of that, they are cut off from society. Now, what that means is because of this disease, they are literally cast out. They have to leave their homes. They have to leave their families, their kids, their wives. They have to leave their jobs. No one wants to work with a, with a man in this condition. If they had any land, you know what? You have to go. You have, you have to leave it. And they're cut off from all of society. If, if somebody approached one of these men, they had to warn them of their disease. And if somebody drew near, the, the law said when they got to be a certain distance, they had to holler out, unclean, unclean. They had to let them know, I have this disease and, and I'm cut off and you have to stay away from me. That is the world that they existed in. Now, think about that. They are literally outcast. Now, more than that, they are literally cast out. They are outcast, but more than that on their personal level. Their, their, their disease caused them to rot, to stink, to have sores that would, that would break open and ooze. Their hands, their, their digits, their ears, the extremities would become deformed and to the point they couldn't use them. And so they're cast out. They're, they're separated from this, the life that they once had, but they're also in pain. They hurt. They're sick. They have this disease. 
Think about this, and I think sometimes we, we forget to, to understand this. There was no cure for this. There was no cure for this. Over time, they didn't get better. Well, maybe your immune system will kick up and you'll get better. They didn't get better from this. There wasn't a medicine to take. Well, we'll go and there'll be a doctor that'll have some medicine. There wasn't a medicine to take. They lived in this state and there was no hope of being cured. And after a terrible time, and and some of them it was a long time, after that time, they would die in that state. Do you see what it is to have leprosy? They're diseased, they're cast out, they're suffering, they're hurting, there is no hope, there is no help, and they're going to die in that state. These guys absolutely had no hope. Now, I think it's interesting. They band together. These 10 guys here, they they band together. There's an old saying that says, misery likes company, and nobody else wants everything to do with us, and so we find them here, and they're bound together. What a sad group of 10 men. And can you imagine what what their nights look like? They're out there by the campfire. And hey, I'd like to run home and see my wife. And do you remember what my wife looked like? Do you remember some of the times we had? Do Do you remember my son? He's nine years old this year. Do you remember the business I had and things were going good in my business before I got this? And can you imagine how sad these group of 10 men were? Can't go back, cut off, diseased. Verse 13, and they raised, we'll go back to 12, and he entered a village, 10 leprous men stood at a distance and they met him, verse 13, and they raised their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Verse 14, when he saw them, when Jesus saw them, He said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. And in verse 14, it says that Jesus sees them and and they've hollered out, have mercy. And he says, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, understand what this means. The priest was the person who would declare them clean, would declare them healed. The priest would come and he would inspect them. And there would be a time that they had to observe them for. But, but after that time, the priest would say, you are clean, you are healed. And the priest would be the person that would say, you're able to go back into society. And so Jesus says, it's pretty interesting the order of how it shakes out here. But Jesus says, you know what? Go and show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they go, they are healed. Now, we could talk about faith. There's, a, there's an interesting parallel there about faith. They had to start going before they were healed, but they go, and as they, as they go, they are healed. Verse 15, now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. Now see what happens here in verse 15. Before he goes to the priest, before he gets to the priest, he says, go and show yourself to the priest. They start making their journey. As they're going, they're healed. But before he gets to the priest, when he sees what has happened to him, when he sees that he's healed, the Bible says he turned back and he turns back to Jesus and it says that he glorified God. Now think about this, he literally glorifies God. 
Jesus, fully God, has made him well. And with a loud voice, he literally glorifies God. The Bible says here, he fell on his face. Now, what this was a sign of was complete reverence. It was a sign of submission. It was a sign of honor. All of it tied together, it was a sign of tremendous worship. And so this man with no hope, this man that's cut off, this man that's going to perish and die in this rotten, filthy state, sees what has happened to him, and seeing what has happened to him, he turns back and he praises Jesus, and he falls on his face and he worships him, giving thanks to him, the Bible says. Now it says here, an interesting thing. And he fell, verse 16, he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And then a weird thing, and he was a Samaritan. Interesting thing about this one guy that came back, it doesn't tell us about all of them, but this one guy, he was a Samaritan. This man was a hated man by the nation of Israel, the Jewish nation. The, the, the Samaritans, they were Jews who had gone and intermarried with the Samaritans and, and they'd made this race of half-breeds. And so the Jewish people wanted no part of them. They were outcasts. And so this guy that turns back, I think it's an interesting perspective, he was not just an outcast because of his sickness. He was an outcast because of his race. This guy was a double outcast. If he was healed, he was going to be an outcast. This guy is an outcast, and yet it's that guy. Well, what about some stout religious Jewish guy? Wasn't that guy? What about some other person? This guy, considered by society a double outcast, turns around, goes back, and praises Jesus falls on the ground and worships him. Now, I could, I could preach there. There's about 10 different things that are coming out of that for about a half hour, maybe an hour, but I'm just going to read you the next three verses, verses 17, 18, and 19. Listen to this. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not 10 cleansed, but the nine, where are they? That's what Jesus says. Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, looked at this guy, a double outcast, and he says, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Let me show you today very quickly the difference in someone who can be thankful Someone who, when they're compelled, they can be thankful. And someone who is thankful. Someone who, over the course of their life, they're thankful. Out of the core of their being, they're a thankful person. Let me show you the difference in a person that, if you put them on the spot, they can be thankful. And a person that, if you're around them, the thankfulness just comes out of them. Let me show you the difference in a person that can be thankful and a person that is thankful. First is this. A thankful person, a truly thankful person, knows who they are. They know who they are. These, these 10 guys in verse 12 knew who they were. They, they, had no, they had no way to hide it. They were outcast. A lot of us, can, we can act like we're something. We can put on a, a, a facade and fake it. These guys knew that they were helpless. 
They knew that there was nothing they could do. Nothing they could do. They knew that. They knew that they were hopeless in this state. They knew that they had no hope. They knew that they were cut off from society. They knew that they were shamed because of that state. They knew that they would perish and die in this state. Listen to me. The difference in a person who can be thankful and a person who is thankful is they know themselves. Now what that means for us today is this. A person that, that knows what it is to be thankful, that thankfulness comes out of them, a person that is thankful, they know that they're a sinner. Some people have, maybe have, have suppressed that and pushed it down. They know all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They know that they're shamed. Some of us think, I've got it, I've got it pretty good and people look up to me. These people know that they're shamed. They know that they're cut off, talking about from a holy God. They know that they're going to perish and death is going to be their end. They know that because of their sin, because they're relying on themselves, they have no hope. A person who is thankful, they know themselves. Let me tell you, if you find a person and they are thankful, it's a person who knows themselves. Second thing, a thankful person, and all these are going to tie together, a thankful person not only knows themselves, they know who God is. They know who God is. Remember the, the picture here. He turned and he goes back to Jesus and he gives a loud shout of praise Praising God towards Jesus. He falls on, on his face and he worships Jesus. The Bible says his faith healed him. It wasn't faith in anything except that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one that can heal. His faith healed him. Listen to me. A thankful person knows who God is. A thankful person knows that God is mighty. Knows that God is the creator knows that God is marvelous, knows that he's powerful. Beyond what we can imagine, a thankful person knows that God is great, knows that God is good. A thankful person knows that God is holy. A thankful person knows who God is. Be sure, a thankful person, a person who not can be thankful, but a person who is thankful, has a settled and sure knowledge of God. They know who God is. Third thing, very, very important, and really it's, it's the thing that ties it all together. A thankful person, they know who they are. A thankful person, they know who God is. The third thing, a thankful person knows what they have because of God. Now get this, this is the key to the whole thing. A thankful person knows what they have because of God. This man who turns back, now evidently these other guys, they were in such a hurry to get back to their lives or to go do and get considered clean and move on that they forgot this. But this guy who turns back, he knows that outside of Jesus, he's going to be in torture the rest of his life. He knows that outside of Jesus, he's cut off from his family, from his friends, from the life that he once lived. He knows that he's destined to die and perish in this state. This guy, he knows he has no hope, but he knows that because of Jesus, he looks at himself, he knows that because of Jesus, he is made clean. He has been healed and he's restored to life. And for this, we see that the guy turns and he hightails it back and he falls on his face and he expresses his gratitude, his thankfulness to Jesus. Friends, realize this today. Listen, outside of Jesus Christ, 
we are cut off from God. Outside of Jesus Christ, we are walking around in decay. And we may get a nice house and a nice car and 20-inch wheels on it, but we're walking around as dead people. We're walking around in decay. Outside of Jesus Christ, we bear the shame and the guilt of our sin. And we may downplay it. We may act like everybody else is worse than us. But we walk around under the cloud of the condemnation of God and we bear our shame. Outside of Jesus Christ, we have no hope. Maybe it's in cash. Maybe it's in a retirement. Maybe it's in what people think of me. Those things aren't going to matter. Outside of Jesus Christ, we have no hope. But listen to me today. Because of Jesus Christ, because he came as a man, he's fully God. He didn't have to come as a man. Because he humbled himself and came as a man, because he submitted to the cross of Calvary, because he goes to this cross, he walks there himself, they nail him to the cross, he takes on God's wrath towards sin, he dies as the payment for sin because of the Calvary, because they put him in a grave and he comes out of the grave and he's risen from the grave because of Jesus Christ, we are saved. Sinners are saved. Sinners are forgiven. Sinners are restored because of Jesus Christ. And when you know who you are, and when you know who God is, and when you know what you have because of our Savior, Jesus Christ, you can't help but be thankful. Not can you be thankful, are you thankful? That is why it says, A Christian is to be marked by thankfulness. We have our Savior, Jesus Christ. We go to these next few days, we're we're thankful. We're thankful for the blessings of God. I'm thankful for for my three little blonde-haired kids. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my home. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for God's word and God's truth. I'm thankful for his hand of provision. But I want to tell you, I am thankful for a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. That is what we're thankful for. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and I am thankful. We are thankful. We praise you. We worship you. We exalt you. We know outside of you we are just like those men, doomed to perish in the rot and the stink of sin and we have no hope. But I'm thankful that in Jesus, because of the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary, we are saved by faith in Jesus. We're redeemed, we're restored, we're back to life. And I praise you for that. I pray as we move through this week, as we move through this year, as we move through the course of our lives, but folks couldn't but see that that is a thankful man right there. That is a thankful man because of his Savior, Jesus. And let that glorify you. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.